0: You may be busy doing something while you listen to this podcast, but you're never too busy to eat healthy if you eat Vite Ramen. This podcast is sponsored by Vite Ramen. Show support for a sponsor that supports Moore's Laws Dead at the link in the description. And if you do, make sure you use offer code Silicon. And you can also support Moore's Law is Dead if you need Windows keys or software at cdkeyoffer.com. If you go there, also use the code BROKENSILICON for 25% off Windows keys or DieShrink Shrink for 3 percent off everything else on the website all right now let's get on with the show Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Raphael Tom, and I am joined today by my co-host, uh, uh, Rembrandt Dan. That works, that works. That's another SoC we'll be discussing. Surprisingly, as that was one of the main topics really even worth talking about on our channel that was uh, given an overview at the Hot Chips event, which is part of the first story. Um, how you doing, Dan? pretty good i suppose you i'm fine you know it's um we're recording this episode of course late because we wanted i mean like what are we gonna not wait for the amd zen 4 reveal before (laughs) recording the next broken silicon and honestly that usually annoys me but i gotta i gotta hand it to amd thank you for doing this at like 7 p.m eastern time instead of like 9 p.m. or something you like at least for u.s viewers like me it's it's been nice to not have to watch something at 2 a.m. or whatever
1: yeah yeah it's uh and
0: it's it's nice that it's on monday right instead of like thursday it's always fun when
1: they uh base their stuff in like taiwan uh taiwanese time or something like that and it's just that
0: like everything is at like 3 a.m. or something (laughs) Yeah. And again, like I I cut you off there to say it, like, and it's also annoying when they do that on Thursday, because granted, I don't think AMD or any of these companies should really care at all about what makes life easy for us. (laughs) They have their own (laughs) stuff to worry about. But it's still it's like, oh, my God, like, when that happens, we just have to make these decisions. Like, so what, are we going to delay the episode till Friday instead of Tuesday? And usually lately, what we've done is just recorded a little early and release it a day early. So it doesn't feel inept if we're not talking about a big reveal on a thursday but amd monday afternoon early evening we uh yeah. we approve um speaking of someone who's not at amd jensen Wang writes in just like you guys can if you support us on patreon and he says i still have more spatulas than you tom please discuss which for those who missed the last um news episode of broken cell kind of now of course have a jar of spatulas behind With me a- DG1 maybe, one in it yeah, with, with the with, with a unconfirmed intel graphics card uh yes. in it dan <laughs> that uh you know there's proof intel's made something though right there next to those spatulas um but yeah i, I would never try to uh compete with jensen's spatula game it seems like he, ridiculous. i mean he has enough to cover up a 3090 like nobody can have that many spatulas. <laughs> absolutely i i have like a a small intel graphics card there I couldn't even hope to cover up my 3090 with my spatulas. Only Jensen can do that, of course. Glacier Island writes in, and he says, why do you refer to yourself in the third person when reading your write-up slash summaries of content on Broken Silicon? Well, I'll admit that I feel weird sometimes when I do it, Glacier, but I don't always do it. It's only when I decide to write a write-up from the third-person perspective because I'm reading other stories from a third-person perspective. And if I have like a big flowery or some might negatively call it indulgent write-up about something (laughs) i you know like i call it flowery you can call it egotistical and annoying but whatever from my perspective it's sometimes flowery i would hope um write up it's like if it's gonna be several paragraphs you know going over with a little bit of prose something i've discussed in a video or leaked i want to read it or write it write it and then read it the same way i would read some leak on wccf tech or something Th- that's the whole idea now if I, if there's just a small thing and i don't have a write-up that's why it's never in or i don't think it's almost ever written in third person because it's like hey this happened and then we yeah. talk but if i have a big write-up it feels it feels weirder to me to write it hey guys last week i did this it feels weirder when i'm reading all these other stories in a different way i don't know that, that's just that's just how i do it glacier but i don't always do it yeah all right. Well, let's uh, get to the first story. So we're going to go through one story and then maybe a reader mail and then stop and then watch the AMD Zen 4 reveal. and Then we'll come back having been bestowed with knowledge from Raphael. All right. Anyways, story number one, takeaways from Hot Chips 34. All right, here we go. Uh, this is just my general summary write up of what I thought gamers should pay attention to from the Hot Chips presentation this year, which of course we cover every year. This writer will be honest. Hot Chips 34 was much more boring than the previous two years conferences covered by Moore's Law's Dead, at least from a purely gaming hardware perspective. There were no RDNA deep dives, no Threadripper reveals, and no Xbox Series X architecture overviews, but there was some stuff worth mentioning. In summary, NVIDIA detailed their Orin family of self-driving SoCs. They actually support ray tracing and their design is more so based on GA100 not compute based GA cards that are used for the for well yeah all of the RTX 3000 series desktop graphics cards now this is important because orin's graphics card has 50% more L1 and 3.5 times the L2 cache per SM compared to GA102 and it also has supposedly enhanced tensor cores over other ampere This is all notable because so far all leaks about Orin generally line up with what Moore's Laws did was told about a switch to APU being sent to developers early 2022, I leaked this last summer, uh, for a late 2022 or early 2023 launch. This does not seem like a standard Ampere, and that might explain why some developers were referring to it as Lovelace, but frankly, I still kind of think some of them were just confused. But anyways, it's worth mentioning that despite using LPDDR5, Orin does have much more cache per SM. Than desktop gaming Ampere, which will give it more performance per SM despite having less bandwidth. And it should therefore bring better than a PS4's level of performance and likely better than a Steam Deck's level of performance to a Nintendo handheld console within a year. Although, how much better massively depends on the version of Aurim they select. As the basis for that is an undoubtedly a semi-custom variant that will have changes from Arim. So that's the write-up for Orin. I guess let's go step by step here. Do you have any thoughts on Oren? you the presentations, you know, it's fine if you don't, honestly.
1: I, I mean, not too much.
0: Like, yeah, that looks like
1: something that could go into a Switch 2, I suppose, or a Switch predecessor. It still feels
0: a little, potentially a little weaker than what I would like. Well, eh, I guess it might compare to... It depends on what variant they go with. Um, my suspicion is it will be the mostly 10 to 25 watt variant. As the basis which has 1024 So So again with more cash per sm than desktop ampere um and instead the 2048 one that goes up to 60 watts or something mm-hmm. the thing i discussed this with carbon cry which is a whole one and a half hour die shrink going over hot chip stuff for supporters on patreon um that the thing that was he thought might be the most disappointing thing about Orin is if they went with like four cores instead of like eight or twelve which We'll see. <laughs> My suspicion is they'll actually go with eight, but that's a suspicion, and it could be some hope in there. <laughs>
1: Listen, if they went with eight, co- I mean four cores this day and age, that would just—it'd still would be better stupid. than the PS4 CPU, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true, but the PS—that's <laughs> not really saying much. It's a nine-year-old console at this point. I mean, I don't know. I—I I would hope that the that Orin is what the Switch is at, like. At a minimum, like that—that, that, like you say, the eight core. Although having full Oren wouldn't be like outs, wouldn't be some ridiculous level of power, even for Nintendo. I feel like, but
0: well, having full Orin though could give you like GTX thirty fifty laptop performance. Yeah,
1: I guess it, it might be more and, than and I that. Would, would expect, be
0: what than like uh, sixteen fifty Ti or sixteen fifty laptop performance, basically somewhere around there. You know, depending, because again, it's up for debate which version of the thirty fifty, which version of the sixteen fifty. Sometimes they're the same performance.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I I just don't really think that's much to write home about at this point. And it would be nice for if uh, if Nintendo released a console that was like I, I in the same ballpark of performance as their competitors.
0: You know? Yeah, I mean. This is something Carmen Cry said though that stuck with me in that episode. Again, which you get access to on our Patreon, where he goes, you know, at the end of the day, I just think that Nintendo builds a console to what they want, and if people want to put a game on it, the developers will make do.
1: Oh yeah, I know. That's that's clearly what their model is, and you know, it's clearly working. So <laughs> it's just at a, at a certain point, I think it gets will get hard to develop for games unless you know they just keep saying,
0: well, this is our own ecosystem, right. Well, moving on to the rest of the lineup. Also, AMD showed off Rembrandt and detailed how they were. there were over 50 new or enhanced features for optimized efficiency in the Zen 3 Plus APU. It should not be underestimated how far ahead AMD is in laptop efficiency right now. Raptor Lake Mobile will struggle to beat Rembrandt in efficiency, let alone Phoenix is what we discussed. I assume you don't have much to say over that. It's just, it really is interesting how many little tweaks are in Zen 3 Plus right mm-hmm. for efficiency and then really the most important thing of the show intel showed off architecture details for meteor lake and arrow lake there are unsurprisingly many energy saving features in meteor lake including 3d capacitors that should uh, make it very efficient at certain tasks relative to current gen mobile socs including amd's current ones and that intel sees meteor lake is a platform that can be upgraded with new tiles and, and this is in quotes as nodes become available and this directly hints at intel swapping in new cpu or gpu AI tiles uh, for either an upgraded family of Meteor Lake products before all of Arrow Lake is ready, or perhaps to swap in a higher core count tile, the desktop version of Meteor Lake. And uh, this would allow them to have more bridge families, uh, which I, I thought that was, um, that was really interesting that they distinctly said that, though. That, you know, let's say ba- a Battle Mage graphics tile is ready before Lion Cove is ready. Well, we can maybe yeah. launch a, a Node Shrink version of Meteor Lake with Battle Mage and call it a new generation of CPUs without having to wait for everything else to be ready. If there's, I don't know, hypothetically a bug in some Intel hardware they're working on that could delay a product for an entire year. Not that that would ever happen. Well,
1: at least that, yeah, at least that's not
0: happening right now. So, <laughs> but yeah, did you have any thoughts about the uh Intel part of the Hot Chips presentation?
1: Uh, um, y- you know, seeing them go moving towards the uh what did they the disaggregated architectures is interesting and. I think that's maybe suggests that Meteor Lake might be another big catch, might be the true big catch-up moment that we originally thought Alder Lake was. But
0: maybe well, I'm Alder being Lake optimistic. did catch up, and then, but it caught up a year after AMD already had a generation yeah. out. And Raptor Lake isn't another Alder Lake moment, whereas Zen is at least as big of a deal as Raptor Lake. It seems like. We're expecting to confirm after yeah. this part of the recording. But before we get to that, let's do one reader mail here. Beefish36 writes in. And he says, hi, Tom and Dan. I had a comment and question for your discussion with Carbon Cry from the die shrink you just recorded, where you brought up Mendocino. That's, the, of course, everyone listening, the four core, eight thread Zen 2, like 100 millimeter squared APU that has, I think, just uh, was two CU's or so. Yeah, two RDNA, yeah. two CU's um he says aces had a version of the tough dash f15 with a quad core and the cpu was weak enough that it really held back gpu performance it was also way too expensive for what it was in my opinion he says i wonder if rather they would start and reverse engineer a price point based on a certain given like level of hardware kind of like how we build a desktop he says i really think the sub $1,000 laptop market is underserved and not everyone wants or needs a thin and light a tiny sub fifty watt GPU, even on an advanced node, should be dirt cheap and should give decent 1080p performance, even with like four gigs of RAM. So I think, like, right? Am I? I'm not reading this wrong, Dan. He's like, why don't they work backwards and just target a price point with perfect price performance? Right? That's what he's basically yeah, asking. Yeah, I think so. I mean, my answer is that's how we wish things worked, but and it is sometimes. Like again, I bring this up. My NV15 right now, it. They did min-max the CPU. They said, you don't need more than six cores and 12 threads. And in fact, if we give it X, if we spend an extra $10 on cooling, it will outperform eight cores in our competitors. But I don't know if that outsold their competitors because most competitors, what they do is they look for a specific set of boxes that they can check at a price point. And then that's what they do because they're assuming most people shop for stickers, not for Mm -hmm. literally what the final performance is of the entire combo. And so they just don't build how enthusiasts do.
1: I guess I just don't know what the average consumer is looking at when they buy a laptop, because a lot of the time, a lot, I mean, if we're being honest, like if you ask most people like what's in your laptop, what they'll tell you is I have an i7 or an i9 or something and not really even know what that means half the time, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like I spent $1,000 and the thing that they advertise is. I don't, capacity, RAM, and, uh, and CPU. And then after that, people that play, do gaming will pay attention to what the GPU is. But a lot of people don't really look at the GPU from my experience.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's really nothing that can be done about it that much. I would just add the caveats again, three caveats, beefish. Number one, sometimes companies do reverse engineer to a maximizing price performance. They don't. Usually in my opinion, but they do sometimes, um, yeah. number two, they are kind of doing it though all the time. It's just, they're min maxing advertising per price. <laughs> like what can <laughs> they advertise at a given price point? And then number three, the reason they're doing that is because that's what people buy. So if we want these companies to sell something different, we need to buy different products a- and they will, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. So this is the end of the opening recording for the show. Um, we're gonna go watch the reveal of a uh, Zen Four and get back to you guys. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's time to talk about AMD in story number two. AMD Zen Four revealed thirteen percent higher IPC, up to twenty nine percent higher single threading, and thirty to fifty percent higher multi threading performance confirmed. Right up until the reveal, there were conflicting rumors swirling about pricing, performance, and launch dates regarding AMD's Raphael. Launch, but now the dust is settled. Zen Four is officially revealed by AMD, and they don't seem to be sandbagging anymore. It will have thirteen percent higher IPC. Repetitive to the title, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> it will have thirteen percent higher IPC, which is just below the worst case IPC scenarios we actually originally leaked. It Moore's Law is dead. Uh, up to twenty nine percent higher single threading, which is within the twenty eight to thirty seven percent that I leaked months ago as well and the multi-threading doesn't seem to disappoint either, within the likely above 37% range also leaked. Then, AMD also confirmed pricing. The 7950X16 core is $699, coming in $100 cheaper than the 5950X from Zen 3, and the $750 price point from the 3950X from Zen 2, the processor I still own to this day. Then, the 7900X will come in with 12 cores at $549, the same price as what it was, the equivalent was priced with Zen 3. And the 7700X, we priced at $399, $100 more than the Zen 3 5700X, but $50 less than the 5800X. Remember, the 5700X was basically it, it, that, a price drop for the 5800X, honestly, yeah. a year after it came out. Um, and then the 7600X comes in with six cores and 12 threads at $299. Same price as what the six core was with Zen three, and all these are launching September twenty seventh with X six seventy and X six seventy extreme motherboards, just like where's laws that also leaked a week ago. And then we have just a bunch of other stuff here. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I oh, and AMD showed off RDNA three and made everyone for five seconds think they were revealing Bloodborne for PC. If you watch the presentation,
1: at least us. I mean. I've seen that game before, but it's like, it's very much going after the style of uh, of Bloodborne to an extent. And every The, time the I game see they it, like, showed
0: running on RDNA 3. Yeah, it's like every time I see it, huh? Bloodborne? Nope. <laughs> nope. Still no Bloodborne remate, uh, remaster. Still, no Metal, Metal Gear Solid, remake confirmed. Totally coming TM. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of what else there is here. I have a bunch of little things to go over. Honestly, I don't think we really need to talk about the RDNA 3 teaser at the end. Is uh, They already told us it was bringing above a 50% performance per watt increase. They've literally told us that already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what did you think of the reveal, Dan? Do we know everything about ZenFord? I mean, let me just ask you this. Better or worse than you were expecting to be revealed today?
1: Uh, I, I mean, if I hadn't been keeping track of leaks and stuff, it probably better. But, you know, about what I was expecting at this point, honestly, you know. I mean, Mm. that's not to say it's a bad thing. This is a great performance uplift and one of the best. I mean, am I misremembering? This is one of the best in the entire history of
0: Zen, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's better than Zen to Zen Plus. Um, Maybe arguably not as good as Zen to Zen 2 because Zen 2 brought a slight clock speed bump over Zen Plus to my Mm. memory. Pretty slight, though. But it also brought a similar IPC increase to what we're seeing now. Maybe slightly better or more consistent than what we're seeing now, but pretty similar. Um, But this brings a much higher clock speed increase than, yeah, Zen Plus to Zen 2. So overall, to me, it's, I feel pretty vindicated here that what I've been saying, it is not a Zen 2 moment, but it is bigger than a Zen 3 moment. Um, That is really how I would describe it. And it's, I've got a lot of random little notes here (laughs) um, because, you know, We didn't have time to take reader mails in, but I was able to watch the Discord while we were watching this. And I I saw some pretty fascinating mental gymnastics by AMD haters on how this is somehow bad, even though, as I saw some people pointing out on Twitter, this is the biggest single threading performance increase AMD has brought since Zen 1 over Piledriver. So I don't know what the heck you're complaining about, guys, if you are complaining.
1: And I understand there's not some miraculous IPC boost, but I mean, still, 13% isn't a bad IPC boost. It's pretty good still, but I don't know when we're talking about like 30% higher single threading performance and like up to 50% higher multi-threading. Honestly, isn't that the number people actually care about (laughs) most of the time? (laughs) Unless we're talking about like potential laptop things down the line that might not uh, boost this high, but it's still a high Increase in performance and I'm guessing it's still gonna boost higher than what previous laptop CPUs boosted to. So I don't know. I, I i don't know what the negative takeaway from this is. I I guess you could have been hoping for more price cuts from the uh from previous generations, but that's it. The fact that we got one I think is good and I think spells that AMD thinks that there's at least some competition with Intel at this point. You you're saying that the seven
0: nine fifty X is a hundred dollars cheaper than the yeah i'm 950x
1: yeah that one so they decreased the price of their top uh cpu nothing else decreased really but
0: eh, i think that's good yeah and you know i think so i want to get ahead of something else here too and mm-hmm. hey if i if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i i imagine there's a lot of people who are going to look at this pricing and go oh they're not you know, being completely stupid, but still they're going to get clobbered by Intel now because the 7700X isn't the rumored $300 a lot of people were hoping it would be, and the 7600X isn't the rumored. I don't know what it was going to be. I think it was like 229 some people were saying. I never had those numbers, though. Uh, but I thought that they could happen. What I would say is if AMD isn't pricing the 6-core lower than before, if they are pretty much splitting the difference in what they're doing with the 8-core this time around, the non-VCache v 8-core, AMD would only do this if they think they can get away with it. Everyone listening to this, when you look at those prices, what AMD thinks is the i9-13900K is going to be in a dead heat with the 7950X. But they think they can charge 550 for their 12-core still. They think it's going to look good. And they think the 6 and the 8-core are going to look fine. They would not price it that way if they didn't think they could get away with that pricing. We've seen this before where the second Intel launches Alder Lake, AMD just drops a three hundred dollar eight core. They would have made this three hundred dollars if they thought they had to, guys.
1: And I, I think the seventy seven hundred X is a, a weirder one compared to their other eight cores because, yeah, last gen they ha- they launched a fifty eight hundred X and then they launched the fifty seven hundred X later, to, like as you said, to compete with the price uh, with uh, Intel's pricing. The seventy seven hundred X, I don't know if you want to call it the replacement for the fifty. 800x but it kind of is Mm -hmm. you know and we'll see what the 7800x looks like that i think we all know is going to get launched uh be announced with vcash at Mm -hmm. some point in the next few months which hopefully that they launch that for i don't know 500 bucks or we'll see but you know I, i i think they're the eight core is a we a price adjustment it's not some it's not like they're just charging more for that level of perf- or for that equivalent tier. I I don't think at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you look at this lineup, I think it's pretty clear what's going to happen. I think they want to launch a 7950X3D for 800 and they just want to keep $800 guarded as their flagship CPU every gen. They don't want to lose that and I think mm-hmm. that and you know who knows, maybe they'll do 900, but I think that's what they're planning on doing here and they'll be like, "Yep, it's, you know, whatever uh it's going to be well i don't know actually i I would almost expect them to do 900 if it's as good as i think it will be but
1: we'll see If, if it's yeah if it's as good if it's that good then yeah i think they could charge
0: 900 for it but but it's hard to say because and we'll get to it in the next story right but it's just interesting to think about this how do you price it I don't know if they would, maybe they would just do 800. Cause it, they'll say, you know, the V cash version of the 16 core, most people who buy the 16 core aren't gaming. And so we just have to acknowledge that. And half the applications, there's a minor increase and it doesn't warrant any extra money. So maybe they would do 800. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Um, but frankly, I think if it's as good as it could be, they could probably just get away with a thousand. Um, and then, yeah, they're leaving room for a four fifty to $500. 7800 x 3d i think they can easily charge possibly even 500 if it's as good as i think it could be
1: uh oh yeah Uh, i i i don't know exactly where they're going to land on price for that i would guess somewhere between 450 and 500 though probably closer to 500
0: all right but so let me go through i took notes um let me and and so i don't know if you wrote down any little things they said but i did one forty-seven percent higher performance per watt in v-ray that's just one thing but that's a big takeaway here because i they showed on previous slides like in a previous presentation like 25 percent higher minimum performance per watt increase i was a little concerned about that i was like that's less than i would have expected but here they're bragging about almost a 50 percent performance per watt increase mm-hmm. which is what i would have expected moving to five nanometer 10 percent higher single threading and geekbench than an i9 again there you go i i think a lot of and and i and amd was also happy to show a slide where i believe they showed the i9-12900k then the 7600x (laughs) 7770 they're like our entire generation is better than everything intel has at gaming basically so I, i think they're pretty happy with that and that is just i i think the 13900k from raptor like is going to be maybe marginally better at gaming but like Worse in multi-threading by a hair, which is what I've always kind of heard they expect. Um, there were a lot of jabs. Here's another note I have. We have been a trusted supplier to our customers. We delivered again on time. Lots of jabs at Intel's execution issues. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got another quote here: 225%, or I I don't remember if it was that or 235% IPC increase since like a decade ago. That's funny to see as well. That like we're almost yeah we're over tripling ipc from where we were a while ago to anyone who's still holding on to a sandy bridge or especially like a bulldozer cpu is a big upgrade (laughs) i'd like to see how many people still have bulldozer cpus is it like 12 13 people left (laughs) like i mean you'd be surprised someone write in write in if you're listening to this or watching this i i i almost guarantee someone's going to write in and say hey i am man um <laughs> yeah. there were some uh other big things here too all right so they had a slide that said 62% lower power at the same performance for the 7950x versus the 5950x what they're showing right there they're telegraphing guys that the 7950X is going to fit in a 45-watt TDP. And you go, huh, mm-hmm. oh, what product could they be telegraphing? They're about to launch a laptop. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and they had another slide, which is kind of the other side of this corner. They said they are 47% more efficient than Alder Lake, uh, which again, in a laptop means they're just going to be forty percent, seven percent higher performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's what I was kind of referencing earlier on with like lower clocks, but it seems like their performance per watt is pretty damn good, even if they're uh, increasing TDP this generation. Which, mm-hmm. eh, I guess that's the other big negative is they're increasing TDPs. But I, I think we all knew that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we'll have to see how big of an issue it really is. I mean, people have been cooling. 10 nanometer slash intel 7 processors that use over 200 watts That's for true. years now i don't think people are gonna have trouble cooling a 170 watt five nanometer chip where you need good cooling yes but you know i mean it is what it is here and i think it's very telling looking at some of the graphs they showed like yes there are some where it's below 13 percent, or or it's you know below the average performance increase, but there are other games and non-gaming benchmarks where you see a 30%, even like not even multi-threaded apps, like 30% or more increase. And that's something I try to convey in previous videos that I understand Zen 4 isn't as much of an efficiency increase as some of their other generations were, but that Zen 4 is just a very important stepping stone in minimizing more of the weaknesses in the Zen architecture. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and those are the ones tied to a lot of the ones tied to clock speed and scaling IPC at higher clock speeds. And they've now solved those, which means, well, yes, that means some of the apps didn't need those optimizations. Other apps are getting up to like a 50% (laughs) increase. So it's a big deal, you know, and and it's funny to see some games and it doesn't surprise me at all. Some games, it's like a 6% increase in performance, some games over 30. And it's like, yep, those are the games that use the CPU that way, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you always see that with it, it, new architectures. It's just yes. <laughs> Sometimes you get almost no benefit. Sometimes you get way more than they report because that's yeah.
0: And then in terms of other little snippets, I wrote down. Um, so uh, the guy said on stage Zen four C. So this is the Bergamo, you know, sixteen cores per C C D instead of eight cores. Just so everyone knows, he said Zen four C is the same functionality as Zen four and half the area coming out first half of 2023. So I think that's when I said Bergamo was going to come out. So that's cool to hear them confirm that. I wonder what he means by same functionality, because it's like, Hmm. Yeah. Like, does that mean 90% of the same performance per core? Cause that's something I keep asking sources and a lot of them still aren't sure, which is interesting. Cause I think we know by now, does that surprise you too, that we don't know, like the performance of Zen four C per core yet. Like we still really don't. And that, it's not that far away.
1: Yeah i I just think the use cases for Zen Four C are just going to be a lot more limited and more way 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 more towards the uh, professional end. So maybe that just isn't leaking as much as I don't know
0: stuff that has more consumer interest. Yeah. Um. But I I'm I'm curious because there are some I don't think there are rumors, but there's been speculation floating around like. Or like the follow up to Mendocino could like I don't think I don't know if it would be Sonoma Valley, but could something like that mm-hmm. get an eight core CCX that's Zen four C instead of like four Zen four something? You know, like I, that's something I, I continue to wonder though is like how much performance is lost in what applications? Because I am really curious if they can make a tiny APU and like throw that into like some handheld gaming device.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially if they could save on space with the cores and you know add something else to it, like uh, better graphics. Yeah. Or well, if they even care about
0: that, I, I don't. I don't know if AMD does. But Reezy, what is it? Hey, what's this message over here? You want treats, belly rubs, walks, and to not overpay for Windows keys. Well, I can definitely handle the treats, belly rubs, and walks on my own. I can't help Reesey with getting reasonably priced Microsoft keys without CDKeyOffer.com. This piece of content is sponsored by CDKeyOffer.com, a long-term sponsor of Moore's Laws Dead and its community for any time someone in my community needs reasonably priced office or Microsoft operating system keys without paying excessive monopolistic pricing. But that's not all they offer either. They also have great deals on PlayStation, Steam, Origin, and Uplay keys, and physical products like gaming chairs and keyboards and mice as well. They are always running sales, but make sure you use the best code possible, provided for Moore's Laws Dead fans for the biggest discount, use the links in the description or on screen and then the code broken silicon to get 25% off Windows codes or die shrink for 3% off everything else on the website. Being on these links really does help the channel a lot and using the offer codes helps it even more. It keeps Key Offer as a reliable sponsor for this community and for you to use again in the future as they keep sponsoring us. Go to CDKeyOffer.com today. But yeah, I, there's there's more I actually do want to say about Zen the Zen 4 reveal, but I feel like I can't really touch on it until I get through some of the reader mails and actually get into the next story, which just this whole soup of Zen 4, Zen 4V 4 cash and Raptor Lake is what I really want to get into without feeling like we're going to reach right ground. So before I do that, though, let me just look at some of the initial reactions on the Moore's Laws at Discord, which you guys get access to if you support us on Patreon. You know, someone says it seems like Intel will fight, be, will be able to fight AMD on desktop, but I have no idea what they're going to do in laptop. Um Benjamin says that 75% better performance per watt at 65 watts has to be terrifying Intel right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it seems like I saw a lot of people right before the presentation, for some reason, expect AMD fanboys to get owned here, but they all put their tails between their legs after this as it's starting to sink. in. no, is more impressive than zen 3 there's nothing to be disappointed about unless you believe the most insane stuff
1: i mean we'll see how it shakes out but yeah this we need a way for benchmarks right like who knows yeah. but I, I mean right now it's almost seeming like this might be the most impressive one
0: since zen was released you know yeah yeah all right i do want to touch on this one here Fish writes in and he says hi tom and dan i have an emulation question AVX five twelve and Zen four should give it a leg up on at least Alder Lake for emulation. And guys, uh, I, don't, I doubt you noticed this, Dan. They actually had Dolphin Bench on the list of IPC increases, <laughs> and it had a thirty two percent increase. So that's like a Nintendo emulator. So there you go. There you go, B Fish. There's your answer. It's an interesting benchmark to show off for. <laughs> considering I don't
1: think I I'd actually, I guess it's, I don't it's, know if it's in, legal Nintendo, to run the benchmark. Yeah, I guess I don't. That's true. It's just, uh, I don't know how much Nintendo cares about uh, about Dolphin Simulator. I doubt they love it, considering how much they love protecting their IP.
0: But well, you know, if Nintendo doesn't want people to emulate their games, maybe they should frickin' let us play them on any modern system instead no. of telling us to pay $300 for a smartphone SoC with friend codes. You know, a, a suggestion, you know nintendo maybe there wouldn't be so many such a robust nintendo emulator community if you made any reasonable hardware to play your games on no that's Um, probably not it no it couldn't be that um but i could do a whole die i really do think like the nintendo emulator community is big specifically because a lot of people like me don't want to buy nintendo hardware specifically (laughs) but um Anyways, though, Bfish says, for those of us that want to play games that presumably will never make it to PC, like NHL hockey in my case, how strong do you think CPUs will have to be to emulate current-gen consoles, specifically the PS5 and the Xbox series? When do you see us getting to this level? So I can't speak for NHL hockey, but Xbox puts all their games on PC, don't they? And PlayStation's moving half of their games to PC, and if they don't, they're not that expensive, and they run games... I don't know. I, I, my answer that I wrote down ahead of time for this is, I'm not an expert in this, but I don't feel like half of the games you want an emulator for are going to be necessary for PlayStation. And Like, the time it would take to program an emulator. I mean, look how long it's taking them to get the PS3 running. Yeah, I know. I, I think right. Sony will just release, you know, Bloodborne to PC by then, supposedly, allegedly, you know. Um... And otherwise, if they did make an emulator, I have to assume it'd be easier though, because it's literally Zen architectures that they're using in the consoles.
1: That's probably true. But yeah. I guess NHL specifically is not on PC for some reason. It's
0: on Series X, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I thought That's weird. I thought all of the EA sports games came to PC. Or I guess I just assumed they did, but
0: I yeah. guess for some reason NHL doesn't. Yeah, I guess there you go. There's an example of a game. You might want an emulator for still that's on PlayStation and Xbox. Um, Zig13 writes in and he says If you look in Ryzen Master, it tells you which of your cores are the best per CCD. And then that info is shared with the Windows scheduler. With Zen3, I believe it is also now possible to overclock undervolt cores individually. Even as games become more threaded, one core is usually loaded much more than others. If they are already binning individual cores at the factory, why doesn't AMD sell CPUs with one core? Pre overclocked above the rest, it would be a great way to differentiate and upsell to the X models, and they could market it as a game core. Um, I mean, Zig, I think they already do <laughs> that's what that max boost clock is. The only thing I would say is, I understand you can overclock some golden sample individual cores sometimes with AMD right now, but I think AMD was conservative in how they marketed their max boost clocks with Zen 3 because they got a lot of backlash. If you remember Dan with Zen 2, yeah. because they i mean yes my have i seen my 3950x hit 4.7 gigahertz before of course i have but it's it's a blink of an eye when it does it it's usually (laughs) or actually with pbo it's not the blink of an eye it does actually get above that but like at stock settings it was very rare um and i I think uh, you just got to think of it from the perspective of they basically already do what you're saying zig
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that it's just a difference in marketing terminology. Where I I, I think that they get that backlash just because their terminology was basically the same as what Intel called, like their
0: turbo clocks are similar to that at least. And I guess I would also say, at least up until now, AMD has not felt it necessary to launch some model with another 100 megahertz above it or something. They're like Mm -hmm. good enough uh they they did before Zen 2 at the XT but they just didn't feel like they needed to at Zen 3 and then I also think at the same time they undersold the max boost clock compared to Zen 2 because they didn't want backlash again so I don't know but they're basically doing what you're saying yeah it's
1: always been more of Intel's game to bin the hell out of their <laughs> CPUs
0: let us then move on speaking of binned premium cpus Mm. to story number three moore's laws dead leaks early zen4 x3d performance launch dates and hints at laptop variants all right so this write-up was left more general since i wasn't sure if amd would tease zen4 with (laughs) v cache but i did leak and this is where i do speak in the first person to the opening one of the opening reader mails by the way uh, this is where I do speak in the first person. Last week, I did leak Zen4 with Vcash, and here's the like just the summary of all the little tweets and videos I put out last week. Number one, Zen4 review kits should have already shipped, from what I'm told, actually, <laughs> and they are uh, Zen4 is ready. Reviewers are expected to be receiving them in mass the first week of September. Uh, without saying exactly how long they ship, uh, I did sound like slower shipping though. So first week of September. Zen 4 is in transit based on what I'm told. Um, Additionally, multiple sources confirmed the review embargo is probably pushed back from 9.13 to about a week later to September 22nd. And that X670E launches September 27th with Zen 4, which now we know from AMD that is happening. These delays uh, for the motherboard are... Because of bugs in AMD's Expo features, which is AMD's version of XMP for RAM, and they don't want there to be any chance of bugs or issues. They want this to work perfectly. So I think from AMD's perspective, they're like, we'll delay it a week and a half, and that'll just mean more stock is available at day one anyway. So, um, And then I also confirmed B650 launches October 10th, which I don't remember if AMD literally confirmed that day. They did say October. I saw that. Um, but at least as of a week ago, I sold October 10th, and that seems to be correct still. Um, and then the big information, I confirmed that AMD plans to launch Zen4 with Vcash in quarter one, and that at least in a one comparison with some benchmarks I saw, that, and, and I think there was some confusion over this. So I have benchmarks that show various performance differences between Zen3, 3, Zen3 3 with Vcash, Zen4, 4, Zen4 4 with Vcash, and there is also a summary page I didn't show because I think it would give away my source. <laughs> Without going into what the report looks like, I think it would be very, very easy for AMD to trace back the groups that had access to this information. So let's just leave it at that and say that. Because I did see some people in the comments go, "Tom, your average of benchmarks uh, is like 25 or 28 percent, not 30 percent." And I, yeah, I know. I didn't show all the benchmarks because if I showed literally even though even if it was made a little vague if i showed literally every benchmark i had then amd could reverse engineer to know the exact report um, i showed four of the benchmarks and i told you the conclusions in the report and the conclusion was that at least in these benchmarks at least in these ones zen 4 with vcash was outperforming zen 4 without vcash by around 30 percent, and in these same benchmarks on average. Zen 3 with Vcash outperforms Zen 3 by about 10 to 15%. And those are the words it says. It says 10 to 15%. And I think this is really important because, well, I decided not to show the exact benchmarks. It seems like this is not an outlier, though. 10 to 15% is pretty typical of Zen 3 with Vcash. If anything, it's actually a little lower than a lot of the gaming ones we've saw that are 20% or more. And in the same benchmarks, Zen 4 with Vcash got a bigger increase. So it's not like we saw something here with where Zen 3 with Vcash got like 30%. It's like, no, it got about what you would expect, and this was higher. So I think that at least tells us it's highly likely Zen 4 with Vcash will get a similar uplift over Zen 4 that Zen 3 with Vcash got over Zen 3, right? This yeah. probably isn't an outlier considering the results for Zen 3 to Zen 3D. So and then I also leaked that Dragon Range, although this has loosely been known, but I reconfirmed Dragon Range is literally Raphael repackaged into a smaller package <laughs> for laptop. And I got it confirmed from a source. I, I distinctly asked. So they it can support V-Cache. It's like, yes, 100%. It will be a decision if AMD does not launch a V-Cache variant of Dragon Range, the 16-core laptop chip. Which again, in the previous story, the Zen 4 reveal we just confirmed, AMD was talking about how they can get uh, 5950x performance into 65 watts or less, uh, so, a 45, yeah, and 65 watts or less. So that tells you right there what they're hinting at. And, um, I you think you that see.
1: might go into a performance laptop or something, Tom.
0: I don't know. They probably <laughs> just showed that for fun, but yeah. So, yeah, yeah, all I'd say that was the big in terms of like the biggest leaks coming from this channel over the past two weeks was the Zen V cache information, which you've seen the original report. And mm-hmm. when you saw it, you were pretty excited, right?
1: I mean, yeah, like, I think what you're saying that it will give you the, at least that same increase in performance that Zen 3D did on uh, this generation. It's a bit of an
0: understatement, probably. I mean, it looks like it's... I can't <laughs> promise it, but yeah. in this benchmark, which I do stress that over and over in the leak, it's one set of benchmarks, it's That's one true. report, you know? And I don't know, I, I you know, it, it could depend on RAM speed. Uh, this is A0 Silicon. Maybe there's a bigger increase when you're below five gigahertz. I don't know, but it, still it, it all indications are that we're getting, that's why I put it this way in at least a Zen 3d upgrade for Zen 4 as well.
1: Eh, that's yeah. I, I guess I see why you temper that. A, a I'm bit. probably being overly cautious, but I insist. But yeah, I I mean, I think then the biggest hope after this, uh, for Zen 3d is that there isn't as much or or any of the detriment to uh performance that Zen 3d kind of had Uh on Zen three, which I believe you uh, discussed something with that being more like a voltage, <laughs> a voltage limit thing uh, set on Zen three D that kind of limited uh, clock speeds. If I'm remembering correctly,
0: right. And I do feel like it gets a bit repetitive how often we've said these things, but yeah. at the same time, it's like it's also a widespread thing people have said over and over. So I feel like we have to keep dispelling this myth. Literally, Robert Halleck has said in multiple interviews, it was not thermal issues that made them clock the 5800X3D lower. It was a voltage limitation in the first generation of Vcash. The second generation has a higher voltage acceptance or whatever. You know, is there still going to be a slight clock speed regression or is it still capped by voltage? From what I'm told, yes, it Mm -hmm. is still capped by voltage, but it's not guaranteed that it's going to be more it's not guaranteed that it will have a regression and if it is i don't know that it's gonna be more than like one or 200 megahertz i think it's gonna be less of a regression than what we saw at the 5800 x 3d in clock speed
1: yeah it's just i think that's is important to highlight because like that was that was the assumption everywhere was that it was a thermal issue because you know you're putting more crap
0: on top of the (laughs) silicon so Mm -hmm. um so in terms of other things to say here um you know i actually will drop a mini leak uh i don't have a thing to show on screen but and and it's not a very important leak because it's not coming out based on what i'm told but just (laughs) so everyone knows i have been told by one of my best sources and i'm telling you the same people who got me the now correct zen four ipc numbers like guys there was a 7980x at some point and it did go to 5.8 gigahertz or higher but amd is deciding not to launch it it seems now the reason i wasn't given a reason but if i had to guess it's because they have zen four v cash coming out a quarter later and they see literally no point in having some high clock like where would they price it like what are they like so i don't know how you would i don't know how you would price those or, or market those against each other so not to mention at the end of the day, they're going to have an SKU, I believe, above the 7950X that they want to take all performance crowns. And so you're going to want to use the best yields for that either way. So let's say there's a voltage limit on gen, second gen V cache. Well, would you rather launch a 7980X that goes to 5.9 gigahertz, let's say, for 800 and then also mm-hmm. at 800 have a 7950X3D? That goes to 5.6 gigahertz or would you rather take those best yields and now they're just yeah. still 5.7 gigahertz because they're the best yields but
1: they're at lower voltage and that's my guess like 20 percent better performance or something in games and <laughs> right yeah or, or would you rather have what is that oh,
0: 200 megahertz that's like what a four percent overclock or something like that yeah like why have both of those skus exist especially if the second one's just going to be better 99.9% of the time it's coming out within a quarter and you could actually make that one that's usually better a little better again if you just use the best yields clock slightly lower to lower voltage so that's what i think's going on that's why i think we're not seeing the at least right now right that's why i think we're not seeing amd launch a 5.8 gigahertz variant but i can't say this enough and angstronomics has said this too they're 100 our samples hitting over 5.8 gigahertz it's just I think those would better be used at a lower voltage at the same 5.7 gigahertz with cash. I think that's what AMD is doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I guess the final thing to discuss when it comes to Zen four with VCash, I have two other big takeaways. I guess let's nip this one in the butt. Just to make sure we round this out. Intel, I mean uh, AMD, talked about their mobile efficiency. What really gets me excited, um, AMD is basically bragging today in their reveal. About how they can fit 5950 X performance in a forty five watt TDP.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You add V cache on top of that, it's conceivable they could have a se- what would it be? it'd be called like a seven X three D HS or something like you know the efficient version of the top model. I'm guessing they won't do They're that. Probably, but Probably uh, <laughs> they'll probably they to- call it something not that terrible, but. I don't know. I've seen crazy things before. We'll have to see. But it's like, uh, what I'm getting to is the fact that they can put Vcash on Dragon Range, and we know it's coming early next year, and we know AMD wants to conquer Enthusiast Laptop Gaming finally. We could argue they kind of have before, but they really want to take it take it firmly now. I don't see how no one's missing this. Like They can make a 65-watt chip without v cash, that's better than the 5950X, so probably 10%, 15% worse than a 13900K gaming. If they mm-hmm. throw v cash, that, you know, 15 to 30% boost on top of it that I've leaked, I think they can launch something where they can market, ra- you know, the new Razer 15-inch gaming laptop with better performance than a desktop i9. <laughs> I really think they're going to... I don't know why they wouldn't at least have one flagship v cash model for laptop.
1: I mean, yeah, that thing's going to go on like... Three thousand dollar lamp, maybe more than that, but Mm four thousand dollar laptops probably. But you know, just for the marketing, it's worth
0: having something like that. I think. I mean, just for the Intel-like slides, where they could do a presentation and they can go, "Our best processors double their laptop processor performance," and they could technically claim it in a few things. I don't know how you miss that. Yeah. And then the other thing is, and we're going to start getting into it soon, but again, you know, even let's say it's just even 20% higher increase in gaming performance on average. I think AMD knows they're going to have the gaming crown on average very soon. And the reason they haven't shown off the 7950X3D and the 7800X3D yet, which we can all tell by looking at the weird gap in their lineup, (laughs) is probably coming, is literally because they know they're launching about a month before Raptor Lake. They want a Mm -hmm. month of sales, and then I think they announce it a week before Raptor Lake comes out. So all Raptor Lake reviews are like, but in three months, you can get a you know, three to six months, whatever it ends up. Uh, three, maybe three to five in three to five months, you can get something better than this anyway. So if you want the best, we don't know why you would buy this more expensive rafter like CPU or something.
1: Yeah. I, I, and you know, that's good marketing. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say beyond that. Uh, they took the wind out of, uh, Intel's current sales and they are going to do it again if they can.
0: Mm-hmm. But you would agree, like it's highly likely they tease VCash around when raptor comes out right yeah i, I would guess right before
1: or i mean right before yeah they're, i don't know why they would wait until after if they know they're going to launch it e- even if they don't know like n clock speeds just
0: say this exists by the way <laughs> right and, and yeah. let us remember this part of this leak um i confirmed that they are shipping genoa x engineering samples within a month so they're going to have them ready to show off within a month and although it's not final, it's close to final, and a m d showed off a fifty eight hundred x three d prototype what like three quarters before it actually came out, so yeah, it was a I, while ago. I understand it's not always the same, but I would assume that means they could have probably shown it off today if they wanted to, but they decided to basically not show off r d n a three I'm sorry, I actually was kind of thought- thought the r d n a three teaser at the end was pretty annoying,
1: <laughs> you know it's literally like, just like. This exists, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't even. Did they even show performance? Like I don't. It doesn't matter if they did because they're not comparing it to anything. But it, it basically was just this. This is being ran on RDNA three, by the way, guys.
0: So be excited, I guess. Yeah, I my eyes kind of glazed over when I noticed it wasn't bloodborne. After that, I was like, okay, so I don't. I I don't think they're gonna say anything, and they didn't. Um, yeah. All right. Let us then move on to the next story as we are kind of dancing around talking about this. Uh, Story number four, rumors continue to emerge suggesting Raptor Lake may cost more than Alder Lake. Here's the write-up. Over the past week, rumors, although certainly not ones Moore's laws that can 100% confirm personally in all forms, have nonetheless been emerging that Intel plans to charge more for many of its upcoming products, specifically Raptor Lake, uh when it comes to a lot of outside rumors circulating the writer does not want to dwell on the specifics of what others have said but i would like to add my own input from a source now i am directly told and i quote and we will put it on screen here that we were just told by intel that pricing on xeon is going up across the board by 10 to 15 percent in response to recent earnings and that additionally Intel expects DDR5 prices to say 25% more expensive than DDR4 for the foreseeable future. So I included that even though it's a little off subject just because I thought everyone would be interested to know. Good news, bad news. DDR5 prices are going to come down a lot soon, but they're still Mm going to remain more per gigabyte than where DDR4 is right now. But um, anyways, finishing the write-up. At this point, we would caution people from quantifying exact Raptor Lake SKU pricing just yet. But at the very least, what we will say is that we would be surprised at Moore's Law is dead at this point if Intel isn't charging a little higher pricing per tier, this upcoming gen compared to Alder Lake's MSRPs. And uh, well, that explains why Zenforce pricing is probably where it is. And just to be clear, I didn't want to like double down on anything other people have leaked because if I don't personally know it, I don't want to double down. But like DigiTimes is reporting that AMD does not plan to fall suit with Intel. And I think this goes for both um, as we've seen with Zen 4, Zen 4 pricing yeah. is... I don't think... You can't say Zen 4 costs more than Zen 3. Like, only one SKU does. And one of them's cheaper, actually. What,
1: I, I, once again, I feel like the 5700 versus 7700 is a hard comparison to make because the 7700X is more of a 5800 replacement. And the 7700X came out, what, like, more than a year after the rest of the lineup, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, so yeah. The fact that that launched for three hundred dollars isn't a some shocker. I -hmm. mean, once again, I think people were obviously hoping that the seventy six hundred would drop to like two hundred or two. I am specifically
0: a little disappointed in that one, to be honest. But
1: um, because I was thinking, the other thing that's missing from Zen four now is they really don't have anything to compete with the
0: Intel four hundred F. But I think AMD's competition is going to be price dropping the fifty eight hundred X three D. Yeah. Yeah, And they're going to say, hey, if you want to save money, you probably want DDR4 anyway. So just we're discounting AM4 motherboards. We're discounting all of Zen 3. Get that. And, you know, it's comparable anyways. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't specifically say anything. Right. But multiple outside sources that, you know, that I'm saying like that we don't use, but like circulating on the web right now that don't look fake to me are basically suggesting it seems like let me look here that raptor lake is basically going up 10 percent in pricing kind of ish uh and i'm hearing the same in the Xeon realm and no one's told me otherwise like they're like yeah raptor lake's probably gonna go up in price a little bit so if you think about that then i don't really see intel having really any advantage here this gen the whole thing me and dan me and you dan talked about right if i'm wrong uh for the past half a year is you know at least that i5 will be under three hundred dollars and maybe it will be but if the i5 is more expensive than the 7600x and i've seen a lot of people do this they're like oh the 7600x you know, only beat the i9 12900 k by like five percent in gaming and it's like yeah well their top also ones, half the price so and they yeah and and amd's top ones like what is it five ten percent faster Clock mm-hmm. speeds, and that's just going to be high, that much higher performance. So no, it's and the same's going to go for Intel here. Their i5s will not clock as fast as they're they they have not And Alder Lake has shown that the i9 twelve nine hundred KS it does clock faster mm-hmm. than the Alder Lake i5. So with that in mind, then I think what you're going to see is an i5 thirteen six hundred K that's probably priced a little more than the seventy six hundred X, and probably has about the same performance in gaming, worse efficiency. Then when it comes to multi-threading, it's going to be six big versus six big plus eight little. Yeah, they'll win multi-threading, I think, by 20, 30 to 40%, but I don't know if AMD cares because AMD is going to say, we use less energy, we cost less, we have a cheaper platform, we have a more future-proof platform, and at the end of the day, even though they win in multi-threading and they have to underline this, some apps... Some apps don't like the little cores. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be the argument AMD makes. Does that mean I won't recommend the i5 sometimes over AMD? No, I might. But I think AMD thinks they can sell just fine here and they can price the 7700X where it is at $400. So it might be 20% less than the i7 and be the same gaming performance again. So you see what I'm saying? It's like AMD consistently is like, hey, we're 10 to 20% cheaper than the Intel counterpart for the same gaming performance. And... In multi-threading, we lose by how much more they cost, but we're using less energy on a newer platform. I, I yeah, think that's what and, Andy's argument is.
1: And the only one where I, I guess, yeah, I could see them losing a, a decent amount at least with like uh, if like the thirteen nine hundred K edges out in um, gaming performance, that might end up being cheaper than the seven nine fifty X. But mm-hmm. unless unless they decide to increase that by like twenty percent or. Great.
0: But again, you know, I think what we're going to see at the very top, and again, you know, th- there's no need to clip this and say Tom was wrong. I'm saying I think probably because all of these are going to be close, guys. Come on. Um, mm-hmm. We're probably going to see the top Raptor Lake i9 2 to 7% better at gaming than the 7950X. It's going to be trade yeah. blows. And then in multi-threading, I think you're going to see that same win by AMD. <laughs> And so AMD's gonna be like, whatever, it's a tie. Same <laughs> price, tie in performance overall. We use less energy. We're on a newer platform that supports more, you know, 5.0 SSDs. Why would you choose them over us? You'll be able to upgrade to Zen 6 with this. Why would you choose them over us? And I can't argue with AMD. I'll recommend Raptor Lake if they give you better performance for lower price, if the motherboards are competitive. But otherwise, I think there's plenty of scenarios where it's just as easy to recommend AMD.
1: Yeah.
0: And again, AMD launches a month sooner.
1: And that is unless, I guess, the uh, the little cores are utilized a lot better next generation. Because, I mean, with 16 cores on Raptor Lake, that would be that could give a
0: substantial benefit to Intel over AMD. Maybe. And, you know, Maybe. that's what me and you have wondered this whole time. <laughs> but, you know, so far in hardware and box testing, he's not betting on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we'll have to see there. But uh, I thought that was important to cover today because I actually did have some you know, personal sources backing up that Digi Times leak and all the other leaks going out there that Raptor Lake will probably be more expensive than Alder Lake. And so that's why AMD doesn't think they need to be that aggressive of pricing. Both of these companies are pricing things where they think they can get away with it. We're gonna have to wait for final reviews to see. But again, guys, I just think they're all, they're gonna be close. I think they're gonna be competitive. I think what we keep saying, I don't think this is gonna be like a slam dunk for either company, except that one of them comes out sooner. AMD is more efficient, AMD. And has a platform that'll last longer, AMD. So, mm-hmm. um, Holgerie writes in I've heard Tom mention several times that he thinks AM5 is a stronger platform. Well, several times in the past minute, I'm probably actually <laughs> getting a bit repetitive. So, you're right. Can you go a bit more into that? If we were to assume that Intel's 13th gen and AMD's 7000 series are relatively the same performance, well, if you use the term relatively, they're definitely. Relatively the same performance. And if we ignore power draw, since it's for desktops, what are the pros and cons you see for each platform? AM5 is brand new, but 13th gen will probably be the last for LGA 1700 sockets. So is it just that? Is it that this year we'll see AMD's first DDR5 platform and in Intel's second? Will any of this really matter? It really just comes down to the two big things. AMD doesn't make you cut your graphics lanes in half to use 5.0 SSDs. Mm-hmm. And AMD will let you upgrade to Zen five and presumably Zen six with this socket. That is the advantage. But when you're talking about two things, as you say, Halgarty that are relatively the same performance, why would you choose one that doesn't have those pros? It has no pros over the other one.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's it's just a matter of uh, I I don't know what the advantage of buying into the uh, Intel platform is right now because yeah, there and that actually is a thing I think with Intel that they need to figure out at some point, or I don't know, maybe they don't. The fact that AMD supports its platforms for substantially longer is just kind of a permanent advantage because I don't mm-hmm. know, like two out of three generations, if you're getting relatively the same performance gen with each gen next to each other, there's like a two out of three chance that the AMD one is going to be the one that's supported
0: longer, you mm-hmm. know? And again, it's not to say that's the most important thing. Um, in terms of upgrading processors, yeah, I almost never do, sure. But yeah. why would I not take the one that lets me do that if they're the same performance? Why yeah, would I choose like, the one that doesn't have it? <laughs> yeah, like if Intel, if it was a dead-end platform, but Intel's processors
1: were like 30, 40% better or something, then okay, yeah, I'll pick that over the one that has longevity probably. But, mm-hmm. but uh, when all else... When all else is equal, there's, like you say, there's just no point in not getting the longer supported platform, which they said will be supported through 2025 at least, which, yeah, that means at least Zen 6. I I wouldn't bet on
0: Zen 7 at this point, but. No, probably not. But, and who knows, maybe it'll just be like, what, maybe they'll just have like Zen 5 and then a Zen 5 Plus and then some half Zen 6. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe, but at a minimum, I would expect that. And with Intel, it's nothing, nada, so. Yeah which i do i don't understand that i have seen people go yeah but we don't technically know how many series from amd and it's like well, how does this it's more than intel so that's how many more <laughs> and amd literally doesn't know how many generations they will support on it yet they're not hiding it they just don't know yet right if yeah. they find that zen six could get a 20 percent performance increase and a bunch of other benefits by moving to to a new platform sooner they might do that but they don't know that they need to do that yet so Let us move on then to story number five. NVIDIA to stay aggressive with the sell-off assistance to AIBs amongst bad earnings. And here's the write-up. This podcast has already mentioned Moore's Law's dead tweets from last week that mentioned Zenfor's brief and delays and Zen, uh, What is it? And uh, other information about motherboard launch dates. But so far unmentioned is that one of those tweets that mentioned AMD info also had some NVIDIA info. That was that NVIDIA is planning to continue their AIB assistance of selling off Ampere stock well into September. Listeners will be good to remember that MLID's video going over a potential 4070 and 4080 launch date already talked about the more aggressive actions kicking in late August. But back then, nobody confirmed if NVIDIA was going to do anything after those aggressive actions in late August. And well, now we know they will. And all of this comes on the back of NVIDIA also announcing bad earnings that detailed an earnings per share of. $0.51 cents instead of $1.26 as expected, revenue of $6.7 billion versus the expected $8.1 billion. NVIDIA's gaming department revenue was down 33% year over year to $2 billion. The chipmaker said it expected $5.9 billion in sales in its third quarter of this year versus the consensus estimate of six point nine five. billion billion nvidia also went on to blame macroeconomic headwinds for driving a sudden slowdown in consumer demand and claimed that they had limited visibility when it came to predicting cryptocurrency mining demand despite just agreeing to pay five point million dollars to the sec for willfully lying about when what they knew about mining demand to investors in 2017 in other words nvidia is getting hit by the mining crash hard and consumer demand crash hard as well And they're pretending they couldn't have known what would happen despite being caught lying about this type of thing before but they're going to continue to help aibs sell off ampere because they want to get them the stock off by september the end of september and launch lovelace on time so barely got through that i almost completely jumbled up everything (laughs) i was saying dan but yeah i tried to combine a few things here nvidia's bad earnings are officially out they gave us a warning before but now they're officially out um And I guess expect some prices on some of their Ampere products to continue to stay low until they get rid of them. Um, Good for us, I guess. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But yeah, I I mean, uh, to me, this mostly just screams that like they didn't. I I, I mean, it it, it screams that they tried to do the freaking mining thing again. It almost seems like, you know, Mm -hmm. where listen, you can sell to miners all you want, but the, D- demand with miners is always going to be more transient than
0: other stuff. Well, and I, I don't know how many specifics I have at my fingertips to say about this, but I'm directly told by multiple contacts who get me a lot of other information. They're like, by the way, just so you know, anybody knows exactly how many cards they're selling to miners. And <laughs> they did in 2017 and they lied about it. Now I guess they're pretending they don't know any again, but they're probably speaking a little more carefully so as to not be sued this time around. Like they know, guys. They know how many people log into GeForce accounts, which they require to use the GeForce experience. They've literally shipped some cards directly to miners. Nvidia knows this is because a significant portion of their gaming sales have been to miners. And by the way, their data center is up. They has anyone noticed a ton of A4000s flooding eBay for below thousand dollars recently? Yeah, it's those were mining firms, and they're counting some of that also in their data center, which was up massively. It's because a lot of that was miners too, guys. And it's like, to
1: some extent, like we were talking about the consumer demand crash, which I'm curious how much, how real that crash is, or if it's just mining finally catching up where there's now less demand for new cards because mining, all these mining cards are flooding the market. True. Driving the price down for everything because I don't know what would have caused this demand Uh, consumer demand and cards to have
0: crashed uh like inflation recession there's that Ah, that's true so i'm so i do maintain it it would be half that but there's no way that at least half of it's from mining though it is
1: i i I just yeah that's probably true i just have to wonder if some of it is a uh one problem just amplifying the other one where it it might it is that yeah this crash apparent crash in consumer demand is probably made even worse by the fact that there's millions of mining cards or i guess i won't say millions but a lot of mining cards flooding into the market at this point
0: Mm -hmm. but yeah so i don't know i mean i don't know how much more i have to say about it i find it ridiculous that they're pretending they don't know how many cards are going to miners like we know you know nvidia and also it's exciting that they're going to continue to assist aibs in selling off as many of these cards uh as they can and and in fact uh jensen literally said that an exciting new generation is coming and hinted at that they're going to unveil it late september so it's no surprise they want ga102 gone before october
1: yeah and i don't i don't know i guess be on the lookout for 800 hundred dollar thirty nineties <laughs> because i
0: i got one a month ago <laughs> looking looking right now nothing you still got a good deal on that tom (laughs) i think i did yeah but i am seeing 3080s for 600 or less used a lot more things are falling into stock at msrp i don't know i I think you're going to still continue to see the most aggressive actions for the 3090 ti because the thing is going to make look a 3090 it has 24 gigabytes of ram it will make sense to some people who are also creators like me at the same price as a 4070 because i'll have more ram than the 4070 it will make sense to some people and the 3080 if it hits 600 500 that's cheaper than the 4070 will probably be in 30 40 weaker so that might be uh, desirable to some people but the 3090 ti is going to make sense to absolutely nobody <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know especially with the increased power consumption for what you're getting it's just there's, there's just no way uh But let me move on here then to a tangential story. This summer, whether you're getting exercise outside or finding ways to stay active indoors like me, it's always nice to have something around that acts as a quick and tasty meal that's also healthy, full protein, and reasonably priced. For me, that's Vite Ramen, who's a sponsor of this piece of content. Vite Ramen is an American company that pays its workers fair wages and crafts a protein and nutrient-dense meal that takes minutes to make without sacrificing taste. In fact, it's even quicker now with Ramen Go, a product that offers the same calories and tastes as their traditional V3 packages you're probably used to now if you're a follower of this channel, while allowing you to even more quickly make your food or bring it to work for lunch. And they keep updating their recipes like the new V3 edition of Beef Phu. So you keep having fun new flavors to try. Click the link in the description and use the offer code BROKENSILICON to save 10% off a variety of different special bundles just for Moore's slaset fans that include things like spoons, chopsticks, and more if you so choose this is a great deal for you and it helps support this channel tremendously seriously i eat it it's tasty it's healthy it's fast they keep making even better and better recipes that are quicker and quicker to make and it's reasonably priced try vite ramen today story number six rtx 4090 24 gigabyte allegedly in production but nvidia doesn't want to launch ga102 competitors so in nvidia's earnings nvidia overstock leaks and now nvidia production leaks we also now have screenshots emerging showing that literally the RTX 4090 24 gigabyte has been in production supposedly since a couple weeks ago. And NVIDIA has also, I, I'm just trying to segment so many weird little NVIDIA things into two different stories, <laughs> but also NVIDIA has said they don't want to launch anything that directly competes with in stock Ampere, which directly lines up with what I've been speculating for a while, which is to say that I do, th- for sure, NVIDIA is launching the 4090 this year. There's just no way. Like, come on. And I think they want to launch the 4080. And I think the 4080 will be. I, I would assume the 4080 won't compete with any of Ampere. So. Right. So I think they want to launch that. But I think it's probably going to be somewhere between, you, you know, like 30 to 40, 50% better. So they still don't want 3090 TIs to be in stock. Like, because the second they launch a 4080, those all go and mm-hmm. you know they they want there to be some buffer there as well so I, I think there's a very good chance that they launch the 4080 at the by the tail end of this year and i still think they'll at least paper launch the 4070 but those are getting close enough especially the 4070 which is probably just a hair better than the 3090 ti and raster will probably better than that ray uh ray tracing um they they still don't want it to be close though you know what i mean yeah yeah so I I don't know. I, I don't know. I really have to say about uh, this story either. I, I think I'll just reiterate my opinion on this. Like the 4090 is coming in October based on everyone I talked to to this day. That's going to roughly double performance. So there's, it's not even in the same solar system of the performance we have now. So they're happy to launch that. And then I think they want the 4080 to launch once they're confident the 3090 Ti is gone. And then they want to launch the 4070 once they're pretty much confident all of GA 102 is gone. And I think they will stomach selling GA 104 for 400 bucks. But again, that's the problem. A $400 3070 is kind of fine if there's a $600 4070, because it's going to be like 50% better than the 3070, Mm -hmm. 50% more RAM, 50% more price. You can probably sell those next to each other. And you know, they're still making a profit if they sell a thirty seventy for four hundred bucks, based on what I hear. But I don't think they're making a profit if they sell a thirty eighty for below five hundred that easily. So they they'd rather just sell it for six hundred now than be forced to sell it for five hundred later. Whereas they're kind of fine selling the thirty seventy for four hundred later. I think. Does that make yeah. sense? I described that well enough. Yeah, I think that makes sense.
1: And I don't know. Lower cards in their lineup have always been a mess, but. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they're going to do about the lower cards because, like, do they just
0: cancel all of them or do they try to sell those through, I guess? I don't know. Now, I don't know what else I have to say about this, except 24 gigabytes for the, is what's called out for the 4090, which I know some people said maybe you'll have 48 gigabytes, but I'm, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Goldenbolt writes in, says, Hey, Tom, do you expect there to be an $800 or less card out before the end of the year that beats the 3090 Ti by at least 20%? Uh, I mean, you're describing the forty eighty. you know, it will be more than, and he said, at least, so I'm not saying it will be only 20%. He said, yeah, it'll be at least that much more. And I think they're probably going to try to sell it for 800. Could it be a thousand? Maybe, but I lean towards 800. really hope they wouldn't try to push the four the 80
1: to a thousand dollars, but you never know, I guess.
0: And I don't know why they, they would think they could get away with that when RDNA3 is going to be very competitive again. So, yeah. Um, now, if they launch the 4070 by then, I think that gets close to what you wanted. It won't be 800, but I think it's going to be about what you're looking for, at Golden Bolts. And again, I just think NVIDIA wants to wait. They're going to have their top RDNA3 competitor. They're, they're going to wait until they sell off GA102, I think, uh, before they bother with the 4080 and 4070. Timo writes him Hi, Tom and Dan. As this week is a die shrink week again, hopefully now before new GPUs and CPUs... Wait, let me see here. Oh, okay. So let me skip ahead. Timo, we're going to your grammar a little bit, but generally his question is, if there was basically a world war and you had to buy a bunch of graphics cards up to <laughs> save yourself, uh, you know, like if TSMC went down, we couldn't get new stuff for three years, what would you buy? And I said, I'd probably just buy a 6600 or a 2060 if I could get that for close to 200. And then if I thought it was really going to be bad, like literally TSMC goes offline and everything's delayed three years, I'd probably buy an, a, a used A5000 as well. <laughs> and I'd get a 2060 or a 6600 and a used A5000, and that way if you had a graphics card break, I could send it to you so you could keep working. I, I, don't, I don't know what you would do if you had a crystal ball and you knew this was going to happen. I mean, honestly, if I literally had a crystal ball, supposedly I should buy up everything and sell it
1: yes if i if i knew it was going to happen i would probably buy
0: several graphics cards (laughs) yeah like if i literally knew but if i mostly knew probably just try to get something that meets my needs for under 300 and put it leave and test it once and then put it back in the box you know yeah all right now let us move on to the final wrap-up these are the stories that don't deserve a main story but deserve a mention uh Sony announced the DualSense Edge wireless controller. I really haven't looked at this very closely, Dan. Have you? Like, do you have any thoughts on? Well, I know there's an Xbox Elite controller. People have been saying for a while, why the heck isn't there one from Sony? It has replaceable thumbsticks, a couple toggles on the back. I think ones for dead zone and paddles, of course, that you can program for specific actions.
1: Yeah, I mean, not too much to say on it. Uh, <laughs> with these types of things, price is everything. So i mean i will see what they charge for it it doesn't look like it's as customizable as the uh Mm -hmm. the elite controller so hopefully it's closer to like i don't know 120 but if it's more than 120 if it's like 150 dollars, i'm almost certainly not gonna get it
0: yeah i mean the only thing i can say is um to those who say it who cares uh the gaming a couple of gaming tournaments I've been to recently, you'd be surprised how many people use modded PlayStation controllers. And mm. this was a huge untapped market. Like, and I and I mean it. It surprised me. I expected a lot of PC gamers to have Xbox controllers next to their keyboard and mouse. Most had PlayStation 4 modded controllers. So <laughs> you can say it doesn't matter because you use an Xbox controller, but apparently a lot of professionals gamers have a PlayStation controller on the side, and that surprised me. And Sony's just been leaving money on the table for some unknown reason i guess the only other thing i'd say about this too is they better let you and i does it say can you, uh, you can replace the sticks caps bat i don't see multiple colors here though this is one of those things where it's like dude you better let me order a custom color i'm not just gonna buy this and then wait for like the red version to come out that i actually want
1: yeah i'm not sure about that yet i don't i, I
0: uh... doesn't seem like it i guess yeah. they could confirm it but they haven't confirmed it so far
1: yeah I, I I have to assume that they'll make that eventually, but I don't know, Sony does seem to have a weird strategy with their controllers, where it's like, well, will we you release the one thing and then we release the new one with the new color to, I don't know, pro- try to get people to spend money twice?
0: Probably. Um, in other news, let's just round out these. Uh, a new lighter PS5 has been released again. Um, just like in 2021, they made something that's lighter, cheaper, lower energy. Uh, i've seen some people suggest maybe this is a six nanometer refresh we've been hearing about but i don't see anything confirming that yet and i reached out to a source about this and let me just double check here i don't think they got back to me about it they did not get back to me so i'll probably (laughs) know but for now i can't confirm and then uh also their ps5 price was just increased in all regions. Well, not all regions, all regions besides the U.S., it seems. And Falto says, with the price of the PS5 going up in many regions, will the USA also see a price increase later on? My answer is it's not impossible, but you guys got to consider that the U.S. dollar is matching the euro now, and inflation is higher in other regions than the U.S., and so it's not not unexplainable why Sony may have not raised the U.S. price, because they don't want to raise prices unless they have to. The U.S. dollar yeah. is doing pretty well for as much as people comp- are complaining everywhere. And I think justifiably about inflation, it well, is not as bad in the U.S.
1: I mean, apropos to this, like, uh, did you see that the euro fell below the value of the U.S. dollar
0: this week? N- no, I did not. Is it stayed below there? Or you just well, like saw blurbs that it well, happened at least briefly?
1: Let me let me see. Okay, it is, it is exactly $1 right now.
0: <laughs> so that it seems to be where it's like, there's so remember brief- people trade uh, currencies like stocks, so that seems yeah. to be where the resistance is. So,
1: last Monday it briefly fell below uh, the value of the US
0: dollar, and now they're pretty much equal. Yeah, so I mean, I don't remember what it was on average, what it was in each region. I don't think I really need to read it off, but it's basically like four to 10 percent or something increase depending on the region. And it's depending on not if Sony wants to dunk on its customers, but based on the inflation in each region, guys so mm-hmm. it's unfortunate but it is what it is and again falto it's explainable why they haven't re- raised the price in the united states yet but i wouldn't say never to that of course um anyways moving forward let's see i don't know there's i don't know i'll just mention this briefly the 4080 is now rumored by Copi to get 340 watts total board power the only reason i'm mentioning <laughs> this one out of all of the constant twitter specs that are leaked every other day Is i think 340 watts makes a lot more sense than like 400 for a 4080 because at 340 watts i don't think there's literally a 3080 owner who would put in this board and it wouldn't work and i think that's what nvidia is thinking anyone who has a 350 watt 3090 or 450 watt 3090 ti is probably happy to use a 450 watt 4090 but they got to be careful with what they do with the 30 the 4070 and the 4080 so yeah um all right. Additionally, in the wrap up, we have several stories about Intel here. So I just have it down. Intel is actually showing the A seven seventy now. And I know. <laughs> I think technically Linus had one, guys. I'm not saying they haven't shown it before, but like it was weird. Do you agree? Am I it was weird. They kind of showed it a little bit at one bit like one interview, and then like everything else was A seven fifty for some bizarre reason. That is not how it usually works. Usually you show the uncut die. And then you like it's so weird. Um I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's worth mentioning that, though that they're yeah. now showing the A770 more.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess they're kind of confident it's going to come out now. I, I I don't know what anything means from Intel's marketing when it comes to uh when it comes to ARC. Like it's just I I I literally cannot even hazard a guess what any of it ever means at this point because it's like, yeah. I don't know, maybe this is coming out soon, or maybe they're
0: desperately trying to hold attention on Arc still. Well, you know, what is it, October, November, yeah, so September is the last month of quarter three. I think they're going to do at least a paper launch at the very end of September, um, Mm -hmm. which is what my leaked slides showed, too. But yeah, it's it's just so funny. We spend like 30 minutes talking about Zen 4 and stuff. We have all these specific percentages, SKUs, pricing, dates you can buy, even every individual motherboard model. And then with Intel, it's just like, hey, they're kind of showing it. It's
1: To be fair, I'm very confident that I will be able to buy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm very confident I'll be able to buy Zen 4 on September
0: 27th. But let me see here, which TMC Payton writes and He says, would you wager a Big Mac on Intel having a dedicated GPU Bible in the USA in 2022? Uh, I mean, yes, I would. The A380 technically went on sale finally like a week ago. So we links in the description. They did sell the A380 in the US now, everybody. Um, additionally, apparently that A380 was benchmarked mining at 10 mega hash a second. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's really bad for a seventy-five watt card. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't double down on it staying that bad though. Wouldn't surprise me if they optimize it more over time, but we'll see. Um, and uh XE Super Sampling had like a thirty-minute video that did surprise me that that came out in that much detail. Although, to be honest, I did you see this video Dan about uh XE Super Sampling? Um, no, I didn't get the chance to see it. <laughs> It showed more specifics than usual, Um, and there was some impressive increases. Like one, like Ghostwire Tokyo got a seventy-five percent increase in fourteen forty p. But at the same time, that was going from twenty-five to fifty-three frames a second. Um, It's like, why would you show a chart that is getting twenty-five frames per second with your graphics card? I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I just. And when I look at the performance here, even with xe super sampling, we can't be hundred percent sure until we do a test at like hardware in box same system, same settings exactly but I don't know i I'm seeing like the a seven seventy is like a one hundred I, I well I, but ghostwire performs pretty terribly, and I know it has ray tracing on before you guys spam me in the comments. I'm aware, but still I don't know it, it until I get third-party benchmarks, all of this really bores me because it's like, I just want to see the third-party benchmarks Intel. Yeah. Uh, what they showed was interesting. There were some impressive numbers if they shake out that well on average. But until I see a third-party benchmark, I, again, this isn't its own story. There's a reason we spent five minutes on this and 30 minutes on Zen 4. Because I just don't think it deserves a dedicated story. But I thought we had to mention it. Outside of that, I just want third-party benchmarks. Yeah. All right. Let us then move on to the final reader mails. All right. TMC Payton writes in and he says, Howdy, the PS5 and Xbox Series X have been out for almost two years now. Most games releasing on them still seem to have the PS4 and Xbox One in mind. How long until that isn't the case? How might the current economy factor into these decisions as well? And is Microsoft's different business models and DirectX API driving Xbox's transition to be slower than Sony's? Thanks. I don't think I don't know if that I can make the argument that Xboxes is a slower. There's been some upcoming games that aren't on Xbox One. Uh I at least I don't feel comfortable saying Xbox has been slower than Sony, because if anything, I swear I saw that you could argue the opposite, but I'd say they're similar. Yeah. Um to directly answer your question, TMC Payton, when does this stop? I think we're already seeing this fall games coming out that aren't on last gen. And I think next year's the year where it's like distinctly you feel you truly feel like PS4 is last gen next year. Yeah, which it's about time, <laughs> honestly. I... And I do think the shortages extended this, but I only think they actually extended this six to 12 months longer than intended. I think that there were a few games like Resident Evil 8 where they it sounded like they didn't initially intend to put it on last gen, but seeing the shortages during the pandemic, they're like, eh, we can make it run at 30 frames. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. There was also a really big... <laughs> weirdly big backlash about the transition to new generations this time around and i wonder i wonder if that influenced any of it at all probably not but Mm -hmm. it it was a weird reaction like people were surprised that when a new generation came out that means their old stuff would become outdated
0: (laughs) and and, you know i just want to kind of add some texture to this like i know that we made this argument i heard second symbols make this argument for a while too like the ps5 is outselling ps4 aligned it didn't do do some sh- like some slip-ups in shipping earlier this year but their forecast remains the same so they clearly expect to have a big second half of this year selling or should i say last quarter of this year when all the ps5s finally arrive off the boats <laughs> like mm-hmm. so I think they're going to make up for that. Uh, so you, uh, my point is, though, you could argue the PS5 is it's selling at least as well as the PS4, if not better in a line sales. So what's the complaints? But at the same time, I think the demand for gaming is bigger than before. So there's still more people that want the best that can't get it. And that's why these companies have decided to have put games on last gen. I know the new gen's selling just as well, if not better than before, but there's just as many people that still want it that haven't mm-hmm. gotten it. Um, and that's why they did that. And having said that, I was in a Best Buy the other day, Dan, there's PS5 sitting on the shelf. Eh, well, you know, maybe the shortage is over or it's not perfect, but guys, I keep seeing people say, when can we expect to get PS5s now during the last Sony drop on their website in the U S the PS5 was in stock for two hours. I saw one at a Best Buy. I, you can get one if you try guys, you can. Okay, it's not always easy. It's not always at a target or Best Buy or whatever, but they're there, and if you try hard, I think you can get one now, and you can see it in I guess the final thing that I want to check before we move on to the next reader mail is I think a good bellwether continues to be if you can get what the scalper prices are right now for the p s five online um let me put it to buy it now. Uh you're seeing them for like 650 and that's the digital Wait. edition 700 for the disc. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it's below 800. It's not Oh, there's a $670 one. Okay. Oh, and then there's a $700 one that even comes with Horizon Forbidden West. And it's the disc version. See, yeah, you're it's marked up, but it's marked up 20 to 30% now not 50% like it used to be. And I really think that's that floor is going to fall through hard. Don't buy don't buy from scalpers anymore, guys. You made it this far. Just try to get it. You can, okay? But it takes a little effort, but not nearly as much as it used to. Um, TMC Paint writes, he says, would you wager a PS5 disc version that'll refresh console from Microsoft or Sony released by the end of 2023 or at least 2024? Well, if you're including 2024, absolutely. I would bet whatever you want that one of these companies will refresh <laughs> something by then. But it also depends what you mean, because we've already talked about how Sony's done two revisions to the PS5 for lower weight and uh, better efficiency already. I don't, uh, I don't that, think he means that, though.
1: I that's the type of story, though, where I have to wonder, like, I, I don't know what it is that's changed over the past decade, but, like, I don't, would that have made a news story uh, when the PS4 initially came out?
0: Yes, it did. Yes, I think so. I remember. Okay. I remember the PS4 Pro's revision for lower power getting a couple news stories. That's true. Yeah, were they as covered as this? No, I don't think so. I take your point.
1: <laughs> it's just I think people arcs
0: want something to cover with that for some reason. Hmm. Um. I am Patty Cakes writes in, and he says I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on AMD's data center gpus since they're really trying to push for high margins that really seem to be the way to go look at the insane margins NVIDIA is getting for their data center products but what i've definitely seen is the lack of software support for rock and other amd support technologies for gpu acceleration do you think that amd will need to push harder on the community side to drive adoption for machine learning frameworks and get their tech into devs hands instead of the typical cuda that everyone that everything high and revolves around right now um yeah look i think amd is going to need to put in the effort making the better software getting the software supported paying good sales reps to go to these companies and help them implement the support themselves and at the same time i think they're going to do it like i think we're hearing they're doing it like you can see the software end just in report after report and updates right so
1: it it seems like that's turning around because that's where amd has been deficient like forever Including with consumer stuff, where it's just like, yeah, you guys have these great CPUs on paper and you're not working with the OEMs or your clients to actually develop products with them. So,
0: right. I think AMD now is abundantly aware that they can't just go, but ours is open source and expect everyone to use it. They know, though, that they're gonna, they're sending the people out. I hear these yeah. reports that they're not up there they're not aligned with nvidia yet but they really are putting in the effort and everything i hear is that rdna3 is going to go for it in terms of data center do they expect to get to like you know 30 40 percent data center right away no they know it's going to be an upward fight against nvidia but they're willing to put in the effort i think mm-hmm. um richard and paul writes in and he says hey tom and dan Regarding the ongoing Intel GPU debacle, I think that Intel just needs to get these cards out and sold, do a respin to fix the silicon to prove that they can, and then sell any chips made in a super limited run of just one of the GPUs and focus on Battle Mage. The only saving grace that Intel has right now with Alchemist generation is that AMD are focusing the Navi 33 die on laptops, and Nvidia doesn't seem to want to launch the 4050 or 4060 cards until later in the year. They could have six to eight months to sell off all the Alchemist cards and any resins before other chips. From NVIDIA and AMD and into the market to decimate the Alchemist series. So, Richard and Paul, assuming it's two people who wrote this, because that's what your name suggests. Look, man, this is what Intel's presently trying to do. <laughs> right? It's like, I think they just need it. They are, this is what them trying looks like. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't, it's not good. But yeah, like on the one hand, yes, that's what they need to do. And, but, you can't just release a completely broken
0: product. And maybe he's just saying they better not cancel Alchemist. I mean, I think they're going to sell the 4 million chips they made and they're going to try to do a good job. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we haven't seen it yet, it's because it really isn't ready. So I don't know what else to say. Um, Carbon Cry writes in, he says, on XE, let's go back to the Intel Alchemist day from 2020. And uh, Carbon Cry has a link here. He says, the talk here is on XE, xe lp the igpu of tiger lake raja Kadori says we wanted to build a hardware architecture that made it easier for us to leverage integrated graphic software and then lisa pierce the vp of graphic software engineering said we didn't want to just do an incremental change it was critical to go and build a new driver architecture that's set up not just for xe but also future generations and then they have a slide confirming that the driver was built from scratch for DirectX 11 and claims reduced pipeline stalls, API latency, and focus on local memory usage for discrete graphics. And, and let me see here. Yeah, and they say they built it for DirectX 11. So anyways, he says, either Intel lied to us or they lied to themselves. Please put this out there because in addition to your recent ARC story video, I just want to make it clear how many other attempts there have been by Shrout to bullshit his way out of this one um and yeah links will be in the description he says go to the 50th minute mark for the intel newsroom video below um yeah i mean i don't know what else to say i i some people got mad at the way i phrased some things in my intel arc video and i knew it'd be controversial but i don't have to tell you guys like lie after lie here Intel said they built the driver for DX11 and to make good use of memory in smaller segments. Now they say they need resizable bar and say the architecture is built for resizable bar. I had pictures of Alchemist before AMD, <laughs> before Intel supported resizable bar and their motherboards. And AMD is the one who introduced a resizable bar in 2008. So Intel had all this time to put it on their motherboards and did it until AMD put it smart access memory out. There's no argument Alchemist was built for resizable bar. It clearly wasn't. There's no argument that they always built this for DirectX 12. They didn't. They literally have video saying we're building this from scratch for DirectX 11. I don't know. I, I don't no, need to I don't dwell mean, on this no. too much. I just want to make it clear. Like that video I put out while I was on vacation Everything Intel saying to justify Intel is not because it's a forward-facing architecture. They literally don't natively support the latest HDMI guys. Intel is just making this up as they go in interviews.
1: Yeah, uh, that's all I was going to say. It's like they're clearly just making crap up for and doing marketing speak at this point. Like I, I, I don't know how to explain this from, what was this, two years ago now, I guess. It's just they're they're saying what they think they have to say like that's the best i can explain it
0: yeah and again there were some people that got so so mad at me for saying amd invented resizable bar yeah it was bad phrasing guys amd introduced resizable bar with hp sorry i said invent i did i I would hope you guys know what i mean but i don't know yeah i was thinking that too when i was editing the video i was like oh i should have said that differently but there's no way people will obsess over that right Mm -hmm. no way (laughs) no uh well that that, that's it dan i mean we went through a lot of zen information and uh, a lot of nvidia information as well uh me usually stumbling through half of the sentences like i always do but hopefully i was legible enough um do you have any other uh Any other thoughts? Any other things to bring up from these past two weeks of news, Dan? Uh, No, I don't think so. Well, I don't know. All I can say is I hope you guys, uh, this will probably end up coming out if I had to guess like an hour or so later than usual for the free feeds and probably like half a day late or a day late uh, at most for the, not for the paid, the, uh, the Patreon feeds. I apologize for that, but it also kind of worked out. And I kind of, I mean, because I'll be dropping off. When you're listening to this, I will have just dropped off Reese for her next thing of chemotherapy. So I'd actually be getting up early for that treatment anyways to put out the video. So we're basically going to stop recording this, Dan. Gerard's going to wake up in Spain, start Mm -hmm. editing it. Then I'm going to wake up and post it as early as possible. But uh, it would just have been absurd if we put out a podcast a day after the amd revealed no coverage of it but you know yeah um anyways remember though if you like i mentioned if you subscribe to the Morris laws dead uh patreon at the proper tiers you can get this early and ad free and you can of course submit reader mails to me and guess there's that die shrink that's basically a bonus broken silicon and Carbon cry contributor to Morris laws dead discuss all of the big takeaways from hot chips there's a ton of switch to nintendo switch to discussion there's a ton of Meteor Lake architecture discussion and stuff. So that's there for you guys if you want that. And grab the Morris Law's YouTube channel, subscribe on your podcast, yeah your podcast app of choice. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts so they say we're trending there and other people notice us as well. Tell your friends about us and otherwise just be nice to each other, everybody. Yeah. Just I'm, I know you're not going to stop putting all caps comments in the YouTube videos, some of you. But what if you put out half as many? There'd be what that if, much that much less negativity you're putting into the world that you're blaming us for that isn't our fault.
1: What if you just instead did that thing where you alternate between capital
0: and lowercase letters? You mean like back and forth like A, like literally letter to letter? Like the uh the bandits speak in uh Borderlands, which I mm-hmm. think is hilarious. Like like it's hilarious how in Borderlands they made the like the let's say Mentally insufficient raiders have their speech with, like, broken English and intermingling capital and uncapital, and we knew to read it in a dumb voice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Funny how that works. Um, But now I'm starting to ramble. I don't know what I'm even talking about anymore. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Goodbye. This podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Laws Dead podcasts, videos, articles, and other media. However, I don't do this alone. Moore's Laws Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and special assistance by Carbon Cry. Find all of our information, including the information of sponsors you can support, at www.moore'slawsdead.com. If you would like to send fan mail or hardware to us, please mail parcels to Moore's Law's Dead at P.O. Box 60632 in Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. And speaking of fans, patrons are what makes Moore's Law's Dead content possible. The aging business model of spamming ads all over the content is dying. The future of media will be built on fans paying for the content they actually want to exist. And so if you have the extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on broken silicon die shrink and loose ends, and of course, access to the Moore's Laws Dead Discord, full of like-minded people who would love to meet you and talk to you about computer hardware. I am one of them. Additionally, higher tiers get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the entire back catalog of Flyover States podcasts and other projects, Moore's Law's Dead is done, and thanks in the credits of videos and other perks as well. And hey, if you can't afford to support us, please do share Moore's Law's Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media, Reddit, and forums, and give Broken Silicon a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. All of this really does help so much. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, Hire Tom for consulting, or are a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its patrons supporting it, and so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels. Brad Medlin, Drita Full, A.V., Anthony Gareffa, Greg Pataki, Muhammad Akawari, Brett Jones, Aaron Close, Little Germany, Jan Rauner, Daniel High, Ivan K, Brian Riggleman, Dr. Forbin, Sam Miller, Deke, Thomas Rupp, the Mechanical Philosopher, Terrence Harrod, SNES Columers. Tom Bailey, D.T. Wantec, Andrew S., Frank Zielinski, Daniel D., MJB1, Eric Jackson, Justice Brennan, Sammy Good, Valco Malev, The Boss Haas, Nicholas Buckner, Spamtham G. Spamtham, Jonathan, Lord Starstream, General Drips, Blake, Franco Frederic, Matthew Lazier, Jensen Wang, Nathan Moses, Zeris, Gregory S. Acker, Dominique Cock, Jake Dude23, Jake Martin, Cameron, Caillou Markelli, hard Original Ross, Slicky, Stephen, David Cowden, Ricky Tan, Chris Frey, Butler, GZ Zeggy, Sarcosuchus, Stephen Hart, Jason B, Meat and Pork Stew, Tim Robb, Luis Correa, Ian Clifford, Jesse Jesskalyak, Travis Gooding, Holden Mobley, Nanny, and Chris Rich, Deepest Earners, Mads, Zuzu Taylor, Stephen Coates, Michael McGee, Chuck Glidden, Sammy Malays, Greg Ahtrani, Patrick Groh, In Evil Chief, Brett Summers, Denny Nguyen, Stephen Dick, Tommy, Kunden, Brucha, Mark Mitchell, McDaffy, Domain Peterson, James Anderson, Truey Mark Ray. Maker Dave Schultz 3S yes Poyo8, Hal Buma, Norithiel, Matthew Landavazo, Stefan, Koadic, Henry Zheng, Jetson N, Brendan O'Connell, The Grid, Michelle Pell, D31337, antics Jason Bowen, Noah Nicoella, Exapuma, Chrysantine, Jerem Fouriera, Isabito Three, D Sis, Thomas Atif, Klein, Britannian, DNA Tech, 50 C Desert, Jean O'Shea, Royce Meyer, Charles Russell, Regina R.E., Morpheus, Teek Autumn, Jackson Miller, J.S.M.M.H., Sandy Garrido Sanderson, David Eastland Cal, Andre Shocks, Gaiman Sins Jeff Sandler, Jordan Simkovic, Loophole35, Winstar, Joker, James I. Ratter, Ca- Corey Leonard, Niallima, John Shin, Justin Bussell, Kelfin, Austin Haggerty, Roger Davies Shea, Julian Leaked, Corey Chappelle, Evan Dingle, C2, and of course, thank you to Sahara for the music.